The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Angels, we all have them. They're our unseen guides, our companions, our teachers, and they're all around us. Sometimes... They make themselves known in the most miraculous ways. Join Angel Communicator, Reiki Master, and QHHT hypnotherapist Christy Clemens Hoffman for stories from real people who have experienced real life angel encounters. Welcome back to Real Life Angel Encounters. My name is Christy Clemens Hoffman, and I am based in the Kansas City area of the United States. Now, I mention this because I got an email from a listener in Ireland. I couldn't believe it. Someone in Ireland is actually listening to this podcast and enjoys it. So... I love hearing from listeners. This is how we get these great stories to share on the podcast. Now, I love it when they agree to record stories as well, but sometimes they're just content with having me read what their encounters were. And this encounter was really very nice, and I think you'll agree that um, it's definitely worth sharing with you. So, here is the email from Ashling, and I'm just so excited to be sharing it with you. My name is Ashling, and I'm listening from the south coast of Ireland. I discovered your podcast earlier this week, and I've been listening every day on my walks. I'm on episode 23 now, and I find the story so uplifting and inspiring. Your podcast is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insight with us. Okay, Ashling. Thank you so much for listening, I gotta say. I have a story for you that you might enjoy. Feel free to use it as part of a future episode if you so wish. In 2018, I was having a very hard time. I was being bullied at work, which resulted in me having to leave that job. I was plagued with anxiety and fear. I didn't know how I would pay my bills, and I was praying desperately for help, support, and guidance. For a long time, it didn't feel like anything was going to happen for me until one night. I woke at about 3 a.m. to find two bright orbs of white light floating up by my ceiling next to the light fitting. As I gazed at these orbs, they began to change. One of the orbs transformed into the outline of a very tall person, and I knew that it was Archangel Michael, as I am familiar with his energy from my Reiki practice. The other orb transformed into an enormous white dove. Its wingspan was the width of the room, and its tail feathers were dragging on the bed. It was so huge. 
As I watched the glowing white dove, it began to float toward me, and the closer it got to me, the more afraid I felt. I dived under the covers and told Archangel Michael I wasn't ready and to please make it stop. When I finally plucked up the courage to peek out from under the covers, the room was in darkness again. With the benefit of hindsight, I realize what a blessing this experience was. It's just that, unfortunately, I wasn't in the right headspace at the time to appreciate it. Since this visit, I've asked my angels to appear to me again, to appear to me again, but I haven't had another experience like this. They must have decided that I am still not ready. I have accepted that I may never have another angel encounter, and that is okay because I know they are watching over me always. Thank you so much, Christy, for taking the time to read my story. May you be well and may you be blessed. With love, Ashling. Oh, I love that story so much. You know, okay, so let's unpack this a little bit. That, you know, when we are having a very hard time like Ashling was, being bullied, being fearful, um, looking at major change in our life and worrying about things, our angels are very interested in how we're going to deal with that, and they're very interested in supporting us. Here's the thing, though. They can't interfere unless we ask them. We can ask for support. We can ask for help. We can ask for answers. But they can't do that unless we ask because this earth that we are on is a free will planet. And that is the, that is the rule. So when we're having a difficult time, and we've heard this from callers before. I'm thinking of Kathy in, uh, I think she was in Iowa, calling in from Iowa, when the three angels appeared to her in her kitchen. And then also from the very first episode, actually I think it's the introductory episode, where Erin felt two angels on either side of her supporting her. Now, did they ask directly for these visitations? No. And Ashling did not ask for this visitation at 3 a.m. either. So even though they didn't ask for these visitations, our angels can come in and lend us the support and let us know that they're there. That doesn't break any rules just to say, hey, we're here. We're with you. We got you. And then maybe that will prompt us to say, okay, you know what? I really do need some help. (laughs) Would you please give me strength? Will you please support me? But they can, they can show up without being invited, but they can't help. I hope that makes sense. And so Ashling talks about knowing about Archangel Michael through her Reiki practice. I'm, of course, a Reiki practitioner as well, a Reiki master. I call in um, guides and healers to help me with my practice. Archangel Michael's always there. Michael, if you didn't know, is the head of all the archangels. So if you don't know who to call, ask for Michael, and he'll get the right one on the job. Michael has a big flaming sword. Sometimes it's not flaming, actually. He's just got a big sword, and he always shows up to me holding a sword, and he goes, yeah, I'm on it. (laughs) I know he is. He's always on it. So I love that he showed up at 3 a.m., and, you know, in a form that Ashling knew, from having worked with him in in Reiki as well. So 
hopefully that was so as not to frighten her too badly, although it did sound like she was pretty scared. And maybe I would be too at 3 a.m. to find uh, bright orbs of white light uh, on the ceiling. You know, it takes a moment to figure out, okay, is this an angel? Is this a loved one? Or is this an alien? (laughs) But she quickly found out that uh, one of them was, at least was Archangel Michael. And then the other orb transformed into a white dove. Now, the white dove, of course, is very symptomatic or symbolic of peace. And the the dove is often associated with religious iconography, Catholic iconography, um, the heart of the dove. In fact, you know, it's interesting. I am in the Kansas City area. Technically, I live in Kansas City, Missouri, and then my office where I practice is on State Line Road in Prairie Village, Kansas. So directly on the the line of between Kansas and Missouri so I can look across the street from my office complex and see Missouri. So this area of the world is known collectively and colloquially as the heart of the dove because supposedly if you lay a map um, of the of North and South America over um, if you if you lay out the map, Kansas City is, and you put a, a an image of a dove. Oh, I'm butchering this so badly. But if you lay out a map of North and, and South America, and then put an image of a dove over it, Kansas City is at the heart of it. Uh, I don't know about that, but I, it's said that Kansas City is the heart of the dove, and that is why so many healers and metaphysical practitioners are in the Kansas City area. Also that Unity Worldwide Headquarters is in Lee Summit, Missouri, which is just outside of Kansas City, but Unity Worldwide started in downtown Kansas City. Also, there is the uh, RLDS Cathedral, which is a huge, uh, and there's a huge Mormon and RLDS community in the Kansas City area, and they actually have a large auditorium there with space for, well, huge kind of skylight on it, and then space for um, a huge media event. They're expecting Jesus to make his return there in Independence, Missouri, right outside of Kansas City, to come down through the skylight, and then there'd be plenty of room for the media event. There's, um, that's the, the Mormon, I guess, auditorium and then next to it, there is the RLDS Cathedral, and it has this long spire that is supposed to like beacon to Jesus when he comes back. So I don't know if all of that is true, but it's interesting that these headquarters are in the Kansas City area. It's like, hmm, what do we know about this part of the world? Anyway, I digress. But the heart of the dove, the dove is so symbolic of, of God, of peace, of spirit, the Holy Spirit's often depicted as a dove, of course, and then that it would show up and be so huge. You've probably heard from uh, previous episodes that angels are ginormous, just huge. They say that Sandalphon's feet may be at the on the earth, but his head would stretch up to heaven, or at least to the cosmos. 
Um, but all angels are really, really large. And if you listen to previous episodes, our callers describe them as being huge. So I have no doubt about what happened to Ashling in the middle of the night. Now, Ashling does bring up an interesting point, is that she was terrified, and she asked for it to stop, which that wish was honored. They took these visions and they left and that's that's fine because they don't want to overwhelm anybody they don't want to frighten anybody and if you look back at the bible then when there have been visitations from angels they say be not afraid do not be afraid because because it's it's disconcerting to say the least to see these huge angelic presences these bright white bright presences right in front of us appearing to us so they do tell us, don't be afraid, don't worry, we're fine, we're good. And she feels that perhaps her angels have not appeared to her since then. And Ashling, if you're listening, which I hope you are, I would hope that you know that they love you. Your angels are around you, and they love you, and they're watching you. And when the moment is right, you'll feel them again. You may not see them that dramatically, but you'll feel them again and know that you can reach out to them at any time with anything that you're experiencing and they're going to be there to support you. All right, well, um, I'll just end this story here and I wanted to thank once more um, Ashling, our listener from Ireland, for sending this story in. Now, I hope that anyone listening now is going to share your experiences with your friends and tell them to also listen to the podcast because I want to get more stories. All right, on to the next stories. Next, I wanted to share with you some stories that I found out there on the internet. Now, I know when I've had my own angel encounters, I want to tell people about it. Maybe I don't want to tell everybody about it, but the ones who would not think I was crazy, I want to tell them about it. And, of course, uh, many others feel like that, too. It's like, I had the most incredible thing happen to me. I just need to get it out there. Of course, some people are of the mind that, "Mm, no, I don't think anybody would believe me. I am not telling a soul. Well... Luckily, these people did post and share about their experiences. So first of all was the story from a woman named Jackie B. And she felt that her guardian angel came to help her avoid serious injury. She says that she actually felt and heard someone around her protecting her. So the first time that this happened was um, at school. Uh, it was at a, a sledding hill, and she was enjoying sledding. Now, I am from the Kansas City area, as I mentioned before and many times previously, and we do get snow here, and I am 57 years old, and I still love sledding, even though I did have a um, bad injury one time sledding. I still love it. Anyway, Jackie was enjoying the day sledding with her family. She decided trying to go down the steepest part of the hill. And she said, I apparently hit someone going down and I was spinning out of control. 
I was heading for the metal guardrail and didn't know what to do. I suddenly felt something push my chest down. I came within less than half an inch of the rail, but I didn't hear it. I could have lost my nose. Ugh. That does not sound out. My nose was hurting even thinking about that. And then the second experience that she had um, occurred during her birthday celebration at school. And she ran across the playground to place her crown on a bench. When she was going back to her friends, three boys tripped her. The playground was filled with um, wood chips and bits of metal. Jackie went flying and something hit her just below the eye. But she says that I felt something pull me back when I fell. The teacher said that they saw me sort of fly forward and then fly back at the same time. And as they hurried me to the nurse's office, I heard an unfamiliar voice keep telling me, don't worry, I'm here. God doesn't want anything to happen to his baby. Oh my gosh. And another story I came across um, is a hospital story. And I love these stories of angels in hospitals because if you think about it, there's birth, there's death, there's worry, there's fear. So many strong emotions and so many transitions of life happening in hospitals and um, hospice that there have been many sightings actually. And I should probably do a whole episode of hospital angel sightings. If you've got any hospital angel sightings, be by all means, share them with me at angelencounterspodcast at gmail.com. So anyway, this story, um, reader, and I'm not sure where this came from, but it's reported reader DeBaylor Baby entered the hospital in 1994 um, with pain from a fibroid tumor about the size of a grapefruit. That was in her uterus, right? So the surgery was successful. It went according to planned, but then complications set in because she had an allergic reaction to the morphine that they gave her. And the medical team, of course, saw this negative reaction and tried to reverse the effect of this allergy with more medication, and it just made everything so much worse. So she had just had major, major surgery, and now she was having lots of pain and difficulties from this drug reaction. So she was finally able to get to sleep with the right adjustment to her medication, and she fell asleep for a few hours. And she woke up in the middle of the night at 2.45 a.m. So, yes, another story of being awoken in the middle of the night. She heard somebody speaking. She heard a voice, and she realized it was coming from her bedside. She looked up and saw a young woman with short brown hair wearing a white hospital staff uniform. She was sitting and reading from the Bible out loud. And she says, I said to her, am, am I all right? Why are you here with me? And the woman in the chair next to the bed said, um, she didn't stop reading, but she did, she stopped reading, but she didn't look up. And she said, I was sent here to make sure you'd be okay. You're going to be fine. Now you should get some rest and go back to sleep. And she started to read again, and the, this person drifted back off to sleep. 
Now, the next morning, she talked about this experience to one of the doctors and checked and said that no staff had actually visited her that night. She asked all of the nurses, and nobody knew who this woman with the short brown hair was. To this day, she says, I believe that I was visited by my guardian angel that night. She was sent to comfort me and assure me that I would be okay. Coincidentally, the time on the clock that night, 2.45 a.m., is the exact time recorded on my birth certificate that I was born. Oh, I love this. You know, I don't doubt at all that this was a guardian angel sent to check on her and just be with her. You know, and that's really the role of our guardian angels is just to be with us, to hold space for us, to comfort us. And how many times do we just need to be saved from ourselves, (laughs) from our own panic, from our own anxiety? And so that is a very important role of our guardian angels. And this is the last story that I'm going to um, to share with you today because there are plenty more stories out there. And I do really hope that you send me your stories, even if you're tipping me off to some sort of story out there in the media or on the interwebs. Just send me an email at, at angelencounterspodcast at gmail.com and send in your story. And um, I will always I always ask if people want to record their stories, so you have the option of doing that, and that's what I really love to to do is to actually have people telling their stories. But here's our our final story for today: a story of hopelessness and thoughts of suicide. So I you know fair fair warning trigger warning thoughts of suicide. So someone named Dean S was going through the dark night of the soul after a divorce at the age of 26. He was really upset at the thought of being away from his two young daughters, and it was overwhelming for him. And one night, at the again, the dark night of the soul, Dean was given new hope. At that time, he was working as a derrickman on a drill rig. I have no idea what that is, but uh, it sounds like a very lonely job. And that night, he was having serious thoughts of taking his life. Um, And he was at the top of this 128-foot derrick, uh, so it would have been very easy for him to end his life right then. He says, My family and I have strong beliefs in Jesus, but it was hard not to contemplate suicide. In the worst thunderstorm I'd ever seen, I climbed the derrick to take my position to pull pipe out of the hole that we were drilling. Now, his co-workers said, dude, don't climb the derrick. It is, they'd rather have downtime than, you know, deal with him having an accident. You know, in a storm, I can imagine that would be a very dangerous thing to do. And Dean ignored them and started to climb. He says, lightning flashed all around me. Thunder boomed. I cried to God to take me. If I couldn't have my family, I didn't want to live. But I couldn't take my own life in suicide. God spared me. I don't know how I survived that night, but I did. He goes on, A couple of weeks later, I bought a small Bible and traveled to the Peace River Hills, where my family has lived for so long. I sat down on top of one of the green hills and started to read. I had such a warm feeling enter into me as the sun parted through the clouds and shone on me. It was raining all around me, but I was dry and warm in my small spot on top of that hill. 
He says that those moments changed his life for the better. He met someone new. They fell in love and got married. They started another family together that includes his two daughters. He says, thank you, Lord Jesus and the angels you sent that day to touch my soul. So, not a direct intervention, but you know what? His soul was touched. And that is another thing that our angels can do for us. Oh, I should probably add before I continue too much longer. This, These stories in the second part of this episode come from liveabout.com. Liveabout.com. So yes, that's another way that our angels can work with us and our guides too. Oh, our loved ones as well. <laughs> they were quick to remind me of that that they can change your heart, they can change your mind, they can soften your attitude. They can't really interfere directly, as I said many times, but they can just kind of take that negative charge. They can absorb some of that energy for you. They don't take the pain, but they can soften it. And um, anyway, just keep that in mind next time that you are having difficulty. And if you are having difficulty, prayer helps. Calling on your angels helps. All right? Reach out to someone. All right, that's it for this episode of Real Life Angel Encounters. Please do contact me at angelencounterspodcast.com and join the Facebook group, Real Life Angel Encounters, on Facebook. See you next time. Bye. A special thank you to James Wheeler for the original music and Cassandra Harold for the voiceovers. Please subscribe and follow wherever you're listening now. And be sure to tell your friends. The more people know about this podcast, the more great story submissions we get. Submit your own real-life angel encounters to angelencounterspodcast at gmail.com. Want to know what your angels and loved ones have to tell you? Schedule an appointment with Christy at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.